Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Over Easy. Let me just start with, if you were watching the video, pull up my last episode real quick and then come back to this episode and just look at the duality of me. If I wanted to, I would. I am literally the epitome of that. Um, today, I have a full face of, not a full face of makeup, my, my full makeup look, you know, with eyeshadow and everything, no skin makeup because I don't do that. Uh, did my hair, love these little bubble thingies that I did, I love it, and uh, wearing a nice outfit. So, you know, we really compare to the last week and we glowed up, but it's okay. I feel like both versions of me offer something different and something special each mode kind of like two two i have two action player modes right one is the lazy mode mm, not even lazy just the deconstructed and today i have boss girl energy because that's how i feel right now anyways hello welcome back to another episode my name is manny in case you're new here what a start to the episode in case you are new here i hope you're doing amazing i am in a very good mood and i'm just gonna do my check-in right away starting with a rose a bud and a thorn of course i'm gonna start with my thorn first um my skin has not been loving me recently extremely not loving me recently so um I don't know what it is. Okay, actually, I do I do know what it is. I, I can't lie. Um, every month when I'm on my period, like literally the week that I'm on my period, I get one very large cystic acne. Is that the singular form? One cystic pimple. It's terrible. Um, and it's in the same spot every month. It's right here where my eyebrow and my nose connects. Right here, you can see it. And it's just so terrible to deal with. I hate it. Um, you know, because, you know, when it first forms, because it's cystic, it's like really hard and lumpy. And then now it's kind of in that process of like slowly oozing out the gross stuff inside. I'm so sorry. You have to listen to this. But it's just like not a pleasant experience. And it's really dripping down my confidence a couple notches. But it's okay. So that's the first thing. My skin does not like me. It, it happens every month. It's kind of annoying. I don't know like what to do about it. I don't think there really is anything I can do unless I want to do like some artificial hormones like birth control or Accutane, which I really don't want to do that. So I'm just going to live with it and hope it doesn't happen in a couple of years. You know, it only recently started like throughout COVID really. So maybe it's just a phase and in a few years, this thing will be over my period cystic acne terrible don't like it um also i didn't bring my skincare to my trip last week to washington so you can imagine my skin also doesn't like me i brought face wash and that was it i didn't bring any of my like hyaluronic acids and anything like that and i didn't think it was a big deal but now that i've come back you know with the flights and everything my skin is not happy with me so not having a great skin week and uh it's just you know, it, it, sometimes skin can really take down your confidence. Sometimes I don't really mind it. I'm like, I don't really care. But other days I'm like, Ugh, I wish I didn't look like a volcano. So that's my thorn for this week. Not the worst thing in the world, but just kind of annoying, you know? My bud is uh, I'm graduating next week. I 
didn't realize how soon it was, but I'm graduating at the end of next week, and that is very exciting. By the time you're listening to this episode, I will be graduating this week, like this upcoming week. And that's really freaking exciting. Um, I just bought my dress yesterday. I didn't really realize that you're supposed to wear a white dress. I don't know who put in this standard. I don't know if it's actually a standard, but everyone keeps telling me I'm supposed to wear white, and then everyone on Instagram is wearing white, so I just ordered a new white dress We'll see how it is. Hopefully it's good. Otherwise, I'm going to be in a real time crunch with trying to find something to wear. But I'm very excited for graduation. Don't really know the details of it. I mean, I know what time I'm supposed to get there and stuff. But like, how long is the ceremony? How much time am I going to be walking across the stage? All that stuff. I have no idea. But it's pretty exciting. I mean, that's like literally the closing of my university chapter, which is definitely a monumental event. And um, I'm pretty excited for that, to be honest. My rose. My rose is... Yesterday, I had a very, very relaxing day. I just got back from Washington before the weekend. And I'll talk about all of that later on. That's what this episode is about. But yesterday, I didn't really have much to do. I didn't have to work. And, you know, I already did all my unpacking and stuff. So I really just relaxed. I went to the library, borrowed a couple books, and I just read the entire afternoon. Uh, I read all of Verity by Colleen Hoover. And I literally died. I was on edge so hard that my stomach started to get tired from like gripping so much and um, literally could not breathe when I was reading the end of the book. So if you want a book recommendation, there it is. I will warn you that it's kind of scary. It's not really scary. It's just like not a normal book. I'll say it's scary. That's like a good preface, I guess. But finished that whole book in about three hours yesterday. It felt really good to just relax. I mean, I don't really do that. I've talked about it a lot where I have a really hard time just relaxing. But yesterday I also ran a few errands, went to the library, went to work out. And it was just like a good day, a good relaxing day by myself, which was all that I can hope for. Also went to the gym for the first time yesterday in three weeks. Uh, I've been to like I've worked out in three weeks. But that was the first time going to the fitness center. I've done fitness classes, but not to the fitness center. And I was dying yesterday. Uh, it was leg day. So usually I go pretty hard for leg day. But yesterday it was like particularly hard because I hadn't gone in a few weeks. But it was a good workout. Really liked it. Anyways, that's my rose button thorn for today. And let's get into today's episode. So as I was saying, I recently got back from Washington, D.C., which was my first solo trip. And today we're just going to be talking all about it. I am not going to go through like what I did every day because first of all, the trip was a little longer this time. It was five days long. And I feel like um, that's not really a great representation of what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to go through a few highlights. Also, what I learned and budgeting, like all everything about my first solo trip. So all in all, it was a great experience. Um, I kind of went to Washington on a whim 
because I was messaging a lot of friends to see what their summer plans were. You know, I have a couple friends in New York. I have a couple friends in Washington and in California and stuff. And I was messaging everyone a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, when are you back in Vancouver? You know, we should meet up and stuff like that. And my friend Amy goes to Georgetown, which is in Washington, D.C. And I messaged her and I was like, oh, like, when are you coming back to Vancouver? Like, so I know when to be in Vancouver so that we can hang out, you know, because I was trying to plan out my trips and stuff. And she was like, oh, I don't know yet, like probably not till the end of May or June, but you should come to Washington. And I was like, huh. I mean, and at the time I didn't really have much to do. And I was like, literally, why don't I just go to Washington? So I ended up booking that trip, I think like a month in advance or a month and a half in advance and just figured it out from there. So that's why I went to Washington in the first place. It was kind of on a whim. I didn't really have a, you know, like with Austin coming up in July, like I have a reason for going. I really want to go and explore Austin. It's like a city that I'm really fascinated by. But Washington, D.C., I was like, yeah, I know the White House and stuff is there, but I didn't really have like a reason to go. I was like, hmm, maybe I'll just vibe there for the week and see what happens. So that's what I did. First thing I want to recap is going on my flights because this was the first time flying before like ever since COVID happened. My last flight was in January of 2020 when I came back from Hawaii with my family. And then ever since then, I haven't been on a flight. So the thing is that I didn't know that I booked for an airport that was a national airport in Washington, uh, Ronald Reagan National Airport. It's DCA. I didn't know it was a national airport at the time, but Amy was like, oh, you should book to this airport because it's a little closer than I think the other ones are in like a different state. But I was like, okay, sure. So the only flights that I could get were connecting flights. And so my flight there is, um, my flight there was leaving on Sunday night in Vancouver, leaving, sorry, leaving from Vancouver on Sunday night at like 11.15 and I land in Ottawa at 6 o'clock, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time in Ottawa. And then from there, I had a connecting flight from Ottawa to Washington. So I had to take connecting flights. I was like, ugh, like bracing for this thing. I knew that my connection would be a little bit um, rushed because I had only an hour, just over an hour to get from my connecting flight to my next flight. So I was, you know, the night before at on Sunday night when I was in the airport in Vancouver, I was like, I already know it's going to be kind of stressful. Also, I was pretty anxious because I mean, this was my first flight in over two years. I was like, oh, shoot, I don't have the best track record with flights. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but uh, the last time or I just remember one very traumatic flight was when I was coming back from China with my family. Oh no, I ended up taking a solo flight that time. Uh, But I just ended up getting so sick on that flight. Like every time I ate, I would just, it would come right back out. Uh, Not through the butthole, through the mouth. And uh, I was just nauseous the entire time. And I couldn't sleep because I was so nauseous. I couldn't eat because I was so, it was just not a good flight. So that has always plagued my mind ever since then about going on flights. So Going on flights makes me a little bit anxious and especially because, you know, it was my last or it was my first flight in two years. And also I was doing this alone because it was a solo trip. Everything was just making me so anxious the night that I left. Um, 
But once I got on the plane, I had to do a lot of deep breathing in the airport and on the plane. The first flight was not bad at all. Actually, when I checked into that flight, I ended up getting randomly assigned a preferred seat. Uh, and if you don't know what that is for Air Canada, a preferred seat basically is just like the front few rows of economy where they have a little bit more leg room and stuff like that. I got the first row window seat I was like damn this is so good and I knew that I wanted to sleep so I could have the wall of the airplane to lie on to sleep I was like wow this is actually perfect what the heck so I got the first row and the window seat. The only downside is if you're in the first row, you don't have the seats in front of you to put your stuff under. So I just had to put everything away. But it was fine because I was planning to sleep on that flight anyway. Um, but, you know, I didn't sleep that well. With the time difference, the flight was only four and a half hours and I only slept for three and a half hours. And uh, then I landed in Ottawa. So I land in Ottawa at about 6.45 a.m. And I know getting off this flight that I have to be on my next flight before 8 a.m., right? It takes off at 8 a.m. So you have to be on it before that. And I knew that I would have to go through customs and all this stuff because my second flight was going into the States. It was like all this. So I was kind of stressed as I was getting off my first flight. And also, I didn't know what the Ottawa airport looks like. You know, I was like, what if it's super big and I have to run across the entire airport? You know, domestic and international terminals are usually on different sides. I was like, what if I have to go to security again? All this kind of stuff. So as I get off my flight, and I land in Ottawa, I'm running to catch my connection because I was like, I don't know what to expect. I should just prepare to be early rather than late. You know, I'd rather just run and make it early. I'm running, I'm running to the connections and ends up uh, the connection route ends up taking me out back into the entrance of the airport, essentially. So I'm starting at square one. And the problem was I couldn't get my boarding pass onto my phone. For my first flight from Vancouver to Ottawa, I checked in a couple hours before I checked in at home. I was like chilling and I was able to get my boarding pass on my phone. It was also a domestic flight, so it was a lot chiller. But the second one, for some reason, I couldn't get my boarding pass on my phone. They were like, you have to speak to an Air Canada's associate. And I was like, crap, like this is going to take up more time like if I had my boarding pass already it'd be a lot smoother but because I didn't have my boarding pass I had to basically line up for one of the Air Canada associates at the entrance of the airport now the problem is this now by the time I'm done running it's about 7 a.m when I get in the line there are literally 20 people ahead of me and there because it's 7 in the morning there's only two people working and you know airports people pack heavy bags so you have to unpack and all this kind of stuff everyone takes a bit of time when they're up at the front I was like god damn it like I am gonna miss this flight because you know the in case I'm not checked in you have to check in at least 45 minutes before so that means I had to check in by 7 15 and it was already 7 a.m and I could see this line was not moving I was already standing there for like five minutes and they were not moving the line you know people were still standing there I was like oh my god I start stressing I start sweating I was debating asking everyone if I could cut the line because I had a flight to catch, but I was just really nervous. I don't like confrontation and I was like, Ugh, I don't want to because obviously everyone else has a flight to catch here. So it's not just my problem. I really didn't want to like that was going to be my last resort. So I'm just stressing in this line. I'm like, oh my God, what the heck? There's 20 people ahead of me. I need to get my boarding pass. Who, who knows how long the customs line is and the security line. I'm so stressed. Like if this is the entrance line, like 
I don't know, you know, because on TikTok, I saw everywhere that, you know, all the big airports were so backed up. Security lines could take three hours or more. I was like, oh my God, this is going to happen to me. I'm going to miss my flight. What the heck? What the heck? What the heck? So there's me just stressing. I'm like stressing myself out. My mind is going a hundred miles a minute. But then, but then some lovely woman saw my stress. She must have sensed the aura of stress around me because I, this woman, this Air Canada woman comes up to me and she's like, where are you heading to? Like, can I help you? Because obviously she saw the line was pretty long. I don't know why she came up to me in particular. I mean, I was standing closest to the kiosks and that's where she was. So maybe that's why. But once she asks me that, I was like, oh my God, I have a flight at 8 a.m. Like, I can't get my boarding passes. I'm going to Washington, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I think it's because my COVID documents aren't approved yet and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like spewing it all out. I word vomited at her. And she was like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. She was so kind and helped me. And also the girl in front of me who also had a flight at 8 a.m. get our boarding passes on our phones. So I'm like, thank goodness didn't have to wait in that 20 people long line, ended up just getting help somehow. Like that woman must have known. I don't know how it happened. Actually, that's kind of a reoccurring theme with my flights now that I think about it is I'm so close to missing my flight, but then something miraculous happens. So now I have my boarding pass and I am going to security and I I'm running there because, you know, I'm just stressed, don't know how big the airport is, all that kind of stuff. And I run in and, you know, I check in with the people, they check my boarding passes and my passport and stuff, and I start unloading my stuff at security. And when you're unloading your stuff, you have to take out your laptop, you have to take out your toiletries because of the liquids and stuff. And I was like, I was ready with that. You know, I had a carry-on suitcase, so I didn't just have my backpack. I had a carry-on suitcase, a backpack, and my Lululemon belt bag. So I was unpacking everything, and I was ready to go. And the last thing that I pulled out of my backpack was my water bottle. And as soon as I pulled it out, I felt how heavy it was, and I was like, oh, shoot. Because I had a flight from the night before, I filled up my water bottle in YVR to just make sure that I could drink water on the flight but I forgot I had that water with me as I was in security in Ottawa so I notice it and I'm like all my stuff is sprawled out in security at that point it's ready to go over through the little conveyor belt thing and I asked the lady I'm like oh shoot I still have water in my water bottle like can I pour it out here and she's like you can't pour it here we don't have a place to pour it and I was like like she was like you have to go back out to the bathrooms to pour out the water and I'm like oh no Uh, And I was like, can I just send my stuff through and then I'll be back? You know, luckily there weren't many people at security at all. So I didn't really worry about people taking my stuff because it was pretty much just me. And she was like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, are you serious? So now I'm scrambling to put everything back in my bag, put my laptop back in, put my toiletries back in, grab my suitcase, grab my belt bag, put it all back on. And I'm running back out security run out to the bathrooms and I'm just pouring out my water I was like oh my god I'm such an idiot and then I'm running back in to security again so I'm sweating you know I I came from a stressful check-in experience where I thought I was going to miss my flight to get to this security experience where I am just sweating and running all over the place and I could, I think the people could tell that I was literally stressed beyond my mind because the second time that I was coming back to security, 
everyone was like, oh, here we are again, deja vu. And I was like, haha, funny, even though internally I'm like, I'm going to cry right now. And some of the security people started making conversation with me because I think they could tell how stressed I was. You know, one of them was asking, oh my God, do you have an Apple watch? Like, how do you like it? And I was like, yeah, I really like it and stuff as I'm dripping sweat because I just finished running. And then I get to security and it goes smoothly the second time luckily. So I finished in security. Luckily, there's no line. I thought there was going to be a line because of the check-in line, but security, there was basically no people at all. And same with customs. Um, There was no one there, so I could just go straight through. They're pretty chill about going through customs nowadays. You just have to kind of show your COVID test and also like talk about what you're doing. But most of the time, it's pretty chill as long as you're not a sketchy person. So now I go through and I'm done all my stuff. I'm like, I can finally breathe again because at least I'm somewhat close to my gate. And I think I had a bit of time to spare. I think I ended up being early just because I was like running everywhere. So I'm like, oh my God, I need to pee because I haven't peed since I got off my flight. And I'm carrying like, you can imagine what I look like. I have my belt bag on me which has my passport and my phone and AirPods, whatever, like travel necessities. And then I have my backpack on me and my backpack has my laptop and just other stuff that I might have. I also have my camera around me. I didn't put my camera in my bag at all in this trip. So I always had my camera around my neck. And then I'm also carrying my carry-on suitcase. It's kind of small, but I was just always lugging that around. And then my last freehand had my passport, my COVID documents, my Airbnb documents, just anything in case someone needed proof that I was traveling for fun. So after that stressful experience, I'm like, I need to pee. I I just, I cannot, you know, I'm like slowly walking through the terminal at this point because I'm like, finally, I can breathe. I don't have to sprint anymore. Luckily, the Ottawa airport is pretty small, so there aren't that many gates. So I knew that I didn't have to run across the airport and I had time now. So I decide to go pee and I'm like, finally, you know, Uh, at this point, it's like, what, seven past seven. So I was like, my head is hurting because I've only slept three and a half hours on my flight. And I was like, should I try to sleep on this flight or am I just going to, you know, start my day? And I decided just to start my day, brush my teeth, put in my contacts in the bathroom. And I also went pee. And because I was holding so much stuff, I put my passport and my documents down on the little toilet paper holder in the bathroom. And then I get distracted with, you know, trying to brush my teeth and stuff after I pee and wash my hands and all that. And then there's a Tim Hortons in the airport. So I was like, oh, I might as well get myself some food because I'm pretty hungry. And as I'm walking up the stairs to Tim Hortons, I'm holding all my stuff and I'm like, why do I have an empty hand? Why do I have an empty hand? Like, I didn't have an empty hand before. This is weird. And then it hits me. I left my passport and all my documents in the washroom. So now I am running again back to the bathroom to grab all my stuff. Again, thankfully, there aren't that many people because it's really early in the morning. But I was sweating just thinking about the fact that, you know, I left my passport in the bathroom and someone could have taken it. Then I order my Tim Hortons. Thank God my heartbeat drops back down again. My blood pressure is a normal pressure. And pretty much it goes smoothly from there. I land in Washington, everything is fine. So that was my first flight experience after COVID. You can imagine it was uh, quite stressful. (laughs) Just wait till you hear about the flight back. 
but I'm going to talk about that at the end and let's talk about Washington in general how that was so I again I'm not going to talk about my daily itinerary I mean I pretty much did like all the classic Washington stuff you know going to the White House the Washington Monument Lincoln Memorial everything but I want to talk about what it's like exploring by yourself because this was pretty much the first time I've ever done anything like this I mean I've explored like areas of Vancouver by myself but I've never been to a place totally by myself and had complete freedom to explore so on the first day first of all one of the pros is that you can choose what you want to do in Washington by the White House there are a ton of museums and all that kind of stuff but because it was just me I only wanted to go to the museums that I wanted to you know I feel like if I went with someone else depending on what their interests are they might not have liked the museum that I wanted to go to or I might not like the museum they want to go to and stuff like that for example one that I can talk one that I can think about off the top of my head is that there's a museum of like history and culture in that area which seems interesting totally fun but there's also a museum of natural history which basically goes into animals and fossils and human evolution that's my vibe I love nature I love natural things all activities having to do with that So I feel like if I had to go with a friend and they preferred like history more or we had to do both, like I would definitely not have as much fun because, you know, you kind of have to wait on other people and then like you feel bad, like wanting to go see your stuff and all that kind of stuff. All of that is eliminated when you travel by yourself and you're exploring by yourself. I had so much fun going to the museum by myself. It's just me. And then you can imagine there's like field trips of kids all around. There's like kids all around me, but I'm just amazed at all of the fossils and in the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History they have a bunch of animal models and I was like this is the coolest thing I have ever seen so I love exploring by myself now I feel like that day in particular really got me excited for the rest of my solo travels because I just had such a good time I didn't have to worry about like the social pressure of dealing with other people if I was hanging out with other people so that was really good. Some tips for Washington specifically and that White House area if you do go. Um, it is a really big area. I'm talking about the white. It kind of looks like a Tetris T shape. Uh, the White House is in the top in the middle and then to the right is like the U.S. Capitol along with all of the museums and stuff. And then if you go towards the left, it is the Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, and there's so many um war memorials in that area as well that I didn't even know. So if you are going to Washington DC, I would definitely recommend splitting that up into two days. What I did is the first day I went to the White House and then also to the museum and the US Capitol. And then the second day I went to Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Monument and all of the memorials in that area as well. Cause there are actually like so many there. So definitely do that. Another tip that I have is if you can, you should definitely rent out a scooter or a bike. They have a ton of those in that area as well. Uh, It just saves you a lot of walking because the first day, well, I had to take a bus to get to the White House in general. And then walking around the White House area is already a lot. Um, I think I literally got like 20,000 steps every single day of my trip. So 
getting a scooter or a bike will definitely save you the foot ache, the feet ache that I had like the latter few days of my trip. I ended up only spending like less than a hundred dollars on Uber scooters my entire trip. So that's not a lot. It's definitely something that is like a luxury, but it saved me a lot. So those are two tips for Washington specifically. Otherwise, just look into what you want to look at. There are so many memorials in that area that I just like kind of stumbled upon as I was walking around. So definitely also save some time for you to just walk around and enjoy and explore the areas because it's really, really beautiful there. I had really nice weather the first two days when I was exploring the White House and all this stuff like that. So it just made it so much better. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is I went to a Michelin star restaurant for the very first time when I was in Washington. So as I was researching for this trip, I found out that I lived pretty close to a Michelin star restaurant. It was like a 15 minute walk. So I was like, hell yeah, gonna go. I was actually inspired by, uh, one of my favorite YouTubers is Doobie Doobap. She made a vlog about how she went to a Michelin star restaurant by herself. And I was like, I want to channel that. I want to go to a Michelin star restaurant and I want to go by myself. So this was my very first Michelin star restaurant ever and I was going by myself. So I was quite nervous going into it because I had only started eating by myself that trip like last week and I still found it a little odd and I was just worried like if it was super fancy like what I would do and all that kind of stuff. But it ended up being a really, really good experience. So I'm going to talk about it because honestly... It changed my life. <laughs> I'm not being dramatic, kind of. So I booked for the earliest time slot available. I The restaurant opens at five. So my reservation was at five. I was thinking, first of all, um, I was like, oh, if I eat early, then there's going to be less people. So I don't have to be worried about other people looking at me if that's the case. Honestly, that didn't even bother me at that point anymore. I was just like, whatever. Um, but the second thing was I didn't want to eat too late because I'm just scared of going out at night by myself, you know, as a woman is most of the time, which sucks. So yeah, I ate at five, which honestly was really nice. Gave me a lot of time to relax at night. But when I got there, I was eating by myself, obviously. So how this restaurant worked? Oh, I didn't even say what restaurant I went to. I went to Rooster and Owl in Washington, D.C., so Rooster and Owl, how it works is there's a four course set menu and within the four courses you can choose what you want to order. So it's a flat fee per person. It's $75 USD per person for the entire night. And I was already ready to, you know, spend some money. It was like $75 already. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a big night. But when I got there and I was looking through the menu... The server comes up to me and he's like, you know, since you're eating by yourself, like, do you want to maybe just let the kitchen pick for you what you want to eat so that you can enjoy? And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great option because honestly, I am so bad at making decisions and everything looked good on the menu. So I was like, you know what? Just let the kitchen take care of it. I don't care what I eat. It'll be delicious either way. So that was the case. I didn't choose anything that I ate. And also they gave me free alcohol. I am so surprised that I didn't get carded at all or people thought that I was over 21, to be honest. I don't know what has happened in the last two years, but I haven't gotten ID'd in so long. And I went from a phase of looking like I was 14 for the longest time till now. People don't ID me and they give me free alcohol. And I was like, wow, my life is so different now. (laughs) 
So they start off with complimentary alcohol. And at the beginning, I was kind of worried that they were just giving me this stuff so that they could charge me and not give me a choice. You know what I mean? So I was kind of worried about that, but I was like, oh, I'm, it's fine. I mean, I have the money to spend and this is a good night. So I'm just going to let them do whatever. So started with, I think it was white wine. It might've been Pinot Grigio. I have no idea, to be honest. I did not ask and I forgot what they said. But the first thing that they gave me for the starter was house made pineapple bun with butter. So obviously it's a play on bread and butter that most fancy restaurants give you. So this restaurant was like Asian fusion. So instead of just regular bread, they made house made pineapple bun or bolo bao if you are Chinese. It was the best pineapple bun I have eaten in my entire life. And I have eaten a lot of pineapple buns growing up. My mom used to eat them every single morning for over 10 years. And so obviously we had a ton of pineapple buns at home and I ate them a lot. But honestly, that was like the best one I've ever eaten. You know, it was so fluffy, the bottom part. And then the pineapple crust was nice and sweet. It was flaky. And with the butter, it was just absolutely delicious. So when they gave that to me, I was already like, this is going to be a great night. One tip that I have for eating by yourself in case you are worried is to bring something to do. Um, because it was dinner, I brought a book. Usually in the morning, I would bring my journal and I would journal while eating. But because it was nighttime, I just decided to bring a book so that whenever I was just waiting for food, I would just read my book. I wanted to not go on my phone. Okay, had to take a break because my camera overheated. So let me think about where I was. After I got my bowl about, they gave me my starters and I got, oh my gosh, I should have pulled up the menu for this so I could give you the right name. They gave me two starters and that was the best thing about eating by myself because they gave me more than one course at each course. Uh, I got the beets and I also got the spring pea salad. Both were delicious. Everything was homemade. They made homemade ricotta cheese, the yogurt, everything like that. Delicious. Then I got a chawan mushi. I don't know how to say that, but basically it was like egg custard, a savory egg custard on the bottom with salmon roe, Hokkaido scallop, and asparagus on the top. I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. They also gave me two entrees. First one was carrot cavatelli, which was basically like this spicy pasta that looked like carrots. And then the second one was lamb ribs. At this point, I didn't really ask, but I was really worried they were going to charge me more for like giving me more food. But I was like, okay, whatever. It's fine. The service was absolutely amazing. I mean, the person who was pouring my water came back like every two minutes because I was drinking so much water. And then between each course, they were wiping my table, giving, giving me new utensils. To be honest, I thought they were like confused i thought that they thought that i was one of those michelin star testers do you know what i mean because they were giving me such nice service when more people started coming later on in the night they weren't even wiping down everyone else's tables they were only wiping down mine i was like what is this what is going on i don't know and then to finish i got a banana sponge cake with sour cream sherbet and passion fruit and that was absolutely delicious so my first michelin star experience was amazing um very pricey though so i mean it's not gonna be a regular thing obviously but it was like a really really good experience at first when i went i was like why do people get michelin stars like isn't food just food but when i left i was like yeah i can understand why michelin stars have michelin stars because that was an amazing meal. So 
if you're ever in Washington, check out Rooster and Owl. I mean, it really is only $75 per person. Then you have to tip, but that's like not as bad as I thought it would be, you know? Okay, so that's kind of the recap of the trip, the main parts that I wanted to talk about. I also wanted to go over the budget because, I mean, I'm sure that's always a concern when you're going solo traveling is how much does it cost? And yesterday when I had my little relaxing day, I did all the budgeting and tracking how much I spent because I didn't really put myself on a strict limit. Um, I'm fortunate to have savings to go off of, so I didn't have to kind of ration what I was spending and stuff. So I'm going to go over everything I spent. I thought it was quite interesting, at least. When I was going into this trip, my ballpark was $2,500. I was like, I think I'm going to spend around there just with flights and eating and everything like that. Uh, Canadian dollars too. Uh, I was converting everything back to Canadian because I was paying with a Canadian credit card. So let me go over how much I spent. My plane tickets round trip were $584.98. That was kind of expensive. I don't actually really know. I mean, at this, I booked only a month before, so maybe that was a little bit late, so it was probably a little bit more, but I did take connecting flights and everything. So $584, I think, is pretty standard. I purchased travel insurance when I bought my plane tickets, and that was $96.96. I don't know if it's a scam. Uh, I was, like, travel insurance, I paid for the actually did I pay for the premium one I think I did I paid for the premium one which lets you get all your money back if you get COVID and can't go on your trip anymore and if you get sick and all this kind of stuff so I mean I, I think you have to pay for it like insurance always seems like a scam but in the case that you will need it it's like better to have paid for it than not my Airbnb stay for the week was $410.42. This was for four nights and I was living in someone's apartment or house. So every time I would go in and out of the house, I would see them because they work from home. But it was honestly a really nice day. I had my own bathroom. I had a big room and a desk and everything. So it was really nice. I took a pre-departure COVID test before I left for like before I left Vancouver the first day, and that was $103.95. This is probably where I could have cut costs. I mean, ideally, they cancel this COVID test thing to get into the States, but obviously, they're not going to get rid of that anytime soon, probably. But I definitely should have looked into where I could have gotten cheaper COVID tests, because especially now, you can get a rapid test instead of like a PCR like before. But I booked my COVID test, I think, like a day before I had to go. So I didn't really have any options left. So had to pay a bit more because there wasn't many places with the availability that I needed. And then also not many places that had cheap COVID tests. So that was $103.95. My Uber scooters for the week, I took them pretty much every day if my feet got tired, was $84.25, which is honestly not terrible um, because I remember there was one day in particular, I think it was the second day that I was exploring the White House area when I was going around all the memorials. It is really, really spread out. So if I had walked, I don't think I would have gone to everything, but I really wanted to see as much as I could. So I scootered for like over an hour and I think that was the most expensive one. That one was like 20 something bucks. So obviously I could have cut costs there and just walked around, but I was really tired. So I don't really regret it. 
My Uber from the airport to uh, my friend Amy's house, because that was like the first day, it was $32.23. I'm definitely, when I go on my next few trips, not going to take Uber probably because it is pretty expensive. And if there's good enough public transit or like any public transit that goes close enough to my Airbnb or wherever I need to go, I will probably take that in the future. I took the bus for the rest of the week to go to the White House and wherever else I was going. So I loaded a bus pass and that was $15.78. Pretty much used it all. Total for food that entire week, this involved breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day, was $458.74. Honestly, I thought I was going to spend a lot more. And also, considering the fact that my Michelin star meal was $123 or something like that, really, I only spent like $300 something on food for the entire week, which is honestly pretty good. What really got me actually was going out to eat breakfast every single day. I went out to different cafes every single morning and got a coffee and like a pastry or like a breakfast sandwich or brunch or whatever. And that really added up because every single breakfast was like 20 to $30, which is quite expensive. For lunch, I kept it chill most days. I got Taco Bell. I got Chick-fil-A because I wanted to try out all these fast food chains I've never had before. And those meals were only $10. So I definitely want to think about how I can cut down on breakfast. The thing is that like I love breakfast foods and I love going out to get coffee. So it's like, do I want to cut back on that? It's like really good experience. I don't know yet. I'm still thinking about it. I went to Trader Joe's for one day to pick up six everything but the bagel seasonings because that was one thing I knew I needed to come back with. And that was $16.14. And then the last thing I paid for was a little enamel pin from the museum gift shop. And that was $10. So all in all, you ready for the total? For my trip to Washington, that was five days and four nights. It was $1,813.45, which is actually pretty good, to be honest, because most of it comes from my basic necessities, which were plane tickets, travel insurance, Airbnb, and the COVID test. That already adds up to just over $1,000. And then I had about $700 to spend or I spent $700 doing all my other stuff when I was there. Considering the fact that I was expecting it, my budget to break $2,000 and even go up to $2,500, $1,800 is not bad at all. But I definitely know that I can cut costs somewhere like in little places. So I will definitely think about that before I go to Austin later this summer. But that was my budget. I was actually quite surprised when I... ended up calculating it yesterday because I thought I spent a lot more but yeah it, I think also the reason why it was cheaper is because a lot of the attractions in Washington DC are completely free all of the museums going to the White House going to the monument going to the memorials they're all completely free so not having to pay those entrance tickets definitely saves a lot of money so that's also something to consider So there was my budget for my solo trip. Last thing I want to talk about this episode is what I learned, obviously, because I feel like, I mean, that's kind of the reason why I'm traveling is I want to learn more, whether it's about myself, whether it's about the world or anything like that. So I have three main lessons from this trip. 
let's talk about the first one. The first one is I just got reinvigorated with a new sense of empowerment this trip. Uh, when I thought about it, I think it was like later in the latter part of the trip, I was thinking about, you know, I was in Washington by myself. I booked my plane tickets myself. I booked my accommodations myself. I'm paying for it all by myself. Like the fact that I was even there, I figured out activities that I could do, figured out how to get there, how to take the bus, all this kind of stuff. I was like, I had a new sense of empowerment where I felt like I could do anything because literally I can do anything. Um, it was so nice. It was, it just gave me such a boost of confidence and also the fact that I was vlogging. And when I was vlogging, I was like, I don't give a flying frick about what people think about me. I just have this new sense of confidence and empowerment in me that I really have carried on back to Vancouver as well. And I want to carry on throughout my life because it was such an amazing feeling. The fact that I could do everything by myself, I could eat by myself and not feel like people were judging me, just everything like that made me feel so empowered. It was like actually a crazy realization. I feel like because I'm, when I'm in Vancouver, I'm very comfortable and I have a tendency to stay in my comfort zone. I miss out on that feeling a lot. And I mean, it's no fault of my own because I have it easy here. You know, I live at home where dinner is made for me and I can get help whenever I need. I'm not constantly challenged like I was in Washington. In Washington, I would have to figure out my schedule, when I wanted to eat, where I wanted to eat, how I would get back home, all this kind of stuff. It just gave me like such control and power over my life that really, really made me feel really good. So that was like the biggest lesson probably. I just feel like I can do anything. Like literally I can achieve anything I put my mind to. So very empowering. Um, the second lesson that I learned, it was something more that I realized, um, you know, in the last few years, especially in the United States, the topic of systemic racism and where different races occupy society has been a very prevalent topic and I feel like I really really took notice to that this trip. Uh, This was the first time, oh no this wasn't, this was my first real time being back in the states. I mean I went to Seattle last this February, last February, this February oh my gosh and that was my first time in the States in a long time. But this time I was really like embedded in the culture, especially because I was by myself. I was just very observant. You know, I never listened to my AirPods while I was walking out on the street. I really just like looked around and noticed and just observed everything. And I really, really took notice to what spaces different races take up in Washington society and also kind of where I fit into that. Um, In Vancouver, I really don't take notice to race because it is largely Asian and Chinese. So it's never really been something that I particularly pay attention to. But in Washington, one thing that I noticed a lot was most of the time I was the only Asian person in a room or in a place. Uh, It was largely white people and also black people. So being the only Asian person, I was very, I was kind of self-conscious to an extent because I didn't know if people would look at me weirdly or anything like that. But I think also I made it very apparent that I wasn't from Washington or from the States because I had my camera around me all the time. And whenever I talk 
I didn't sound like an American. Um, one thing in particular was I noticed that I talked to a lot of strangers a lot because, you know, I didn't really have anyone else to talk to. And there was this one stranger that I talked to. And as soon as I said something, he was like, oh, my God, you're not from here. Where are you from? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Canada. And he was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you really don't sound American. I was like, yeah, I don't. I know. Um, yeah, those um, Americans have a really particular way of talking that I also noticed this last week. But um I definitely took notice to the fact that different races have different places in society, which was uh, a big thing to notice. I think one, the one time that I noticed it very prevalently was when I was eating at the Michelin star restaurant. And the reason why I noticed it so much is because I, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think I was living in a predominantly black neighborhood. I mean, I lived next to a subway station and there would be a lot of black people there whenever I took the bus because it's like the lower income with quotations way of travel. You know, there were more black people on the bus. There were not that many white people. And I just, when I was at Rooster and Owl, the Michelin star restaurant, when I went to the bathroom and I went inside to look at everyone else who was there that night, there was not a single person of color other than me, which was very, very shocking to see. Um, it kind of made me uncomfortable because I was sitting on the patio and there were five tables total on the patio including me so I was sitting at one and then later on when all the tables started filling up there was like not a single person of color eating at the restaurant which really shocked me because considering the fact that you know when I went to the White House and I was exploring Washington I noticed that you know white people are not really the majority in Washington I'm actually not really sure about that but you know, when I go on the streets and I see and I'm walking around, you know, there's so many races around. There are so many people of different cultures and ethnicities and everything like that around. But when I go to things that are seg segregated by income, you know, these restaurants that are more high end, then it becomes segregated. Okay, my camera's not having a good time, so I am going to shut up soon because honestly, the last lesson that I learned is surrounding money and I want to talk about that in a totally different episode. So honestly, I think I'm going to end off this episode here. I'm sorry it was so jumpy. My camera just loves to overheat and not record anymore. I can definitely talk about more about so solo travel just depending on how I feel, but 10 out of 10 experience, 20 out of 10 experience, honestly, would do again, will do again sometime soon. And I'm very excited for that. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will see you in my next episode. Bye.